Previously on From. It's Megan's favorite spot. You'll bury me next to them, right? Of course. Frank, the box. Can't do it. How do you think people are going to react when you let Frank go? Aren't you supposed to be talking to me about the virtues of mercy? Is that what you prefer? Hey, I prefer not to put a broken man in a fucking box to be torn apart when the sun goes down. But you built a guillotine in the town square. What do you think happens when people realize you lack the conviction to use it? You take that and you make whatever life you can out there. So you're telling me I'm in a town I can't leave and that every night monsters come from the forest. No one is trying to be cruel to you, but you need to understand what's going on. Oh, God. Toby? What are you doing? I'm checking to see if they've moved. If what moved? The trees. Have you seen the boy who lives out here? We're friends. If you see that friend of yours, tell him Victor says hello. Sarah, just tell me what you did. I left the door open. <laughs> All newcomers have to decide where they're going to live. Here in Colony House or down in the town. It's just part of how we do things here. I'd like to take the both of you, show you around. Well, I want to come. This is about all of us, right? I want to see. We need you to stay here and be with Ethan. Two, one. Why are you doing this? You guys barely know us. It's just what we do. Are you living in town or, or Colony House? Town. Julie. Colony House. Why are you doing this? Girl made her choice. I appreciate everything you're trying to do for me, but the only two things that I love in this world are gone. I want to see my girls again. Wow. As recaps go, that's a huge one. So, we're here talking from on Epic, and we are at Season 1, Episode 4, A Rock and a Far Away. Uh, but before we get into this episode, I want to recap that recap and say that for the first three episodes, which were released all at once, um, it was an amazing roller coaster journey. And as we get into episode four, that sat with me for the entire time, the entire week until this episode hit. And I have to say, I went back and thought about some of the things that happened in those first three episodes in, in a way that I haven't been sort of moved by a series in a long time. I have so many questions. I had so many um, just up and down feelings. What was going to happen? How were things going to unfold? I have to say that by episode four, I was so firmly in the, this is a good show. No flukes about, was it just the first couple episodes, good run, nothing like that. I absolutely felt like I was in love with what was happening here. So I'm going to introduce my my co-host, and uh, let's start talking about this stuff. Hey, how are you? Are you there? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. Uh, how are you doing? I, I'm, I have to say, okay, so it's, it's earlier in the morning than we usually podcast, and I was actually really excited that we were going to get to do this because this is one of my... I know I said the last time that uh, episode three is real pivotal and I did really love it but episode four feels like ooh man we got some stuff to uncover um tell me just real briefly give me uh like how are you feeling about how things are progressing so far where are you at um um it's, it's taking a, a nice brisk pace I would say uh, I hate to use the word slow because the slow sounds negative, you know, and I, I don't have a negative feeling about the show, but I, I would say, I would say that the, the show is taking a nice, uh, um, brisk pace. Is that, is that, uh, yeah, I think so. I, I, I think, you know, some shows sort of, uh, give you a, uh, baptism by fire if you will where they just right. sort of immerse you in everything and then they kind of just expect you to go along and then maybe you'll learn some things right right this show feels a little bit more like we are unraveling um something is happening and we probably maybe 
already have seen a lot, but we, it takes the strings to kind of go around a couple of times before we can see what's underneath it. And that's what I think is so amazing about this show. Like the characters are all there. We already know who everyone is. And yet we just keep learning episode by episode that there is so much under the surface. And I, I love that. And yeah, it's not, I don't think it's, it's not slow in terms of its pace, but you have to uncover the layers. So it feels like each episode has a layer or two to uncover. And then we get to see more of the picture underneath. It's, I just, I feel like this is a great method for storytelling, but it does take a little bit of patience. Um, you're not going to get to the meat of whatever it is that's going on right away. And that's the point. We don't know exactly what the meat is which is kind of cool. What'd you think? Yeah, no, I, I have to say that um, uh, you never know, man. Like, look, let's just be honest. There are so many brand new shows on so many different platforms and also it's hard true. to, it's hard to keep up. Right. So, yeah. and then you keep hearing about, Oh, well this new show, Oh, it's really good. And you know, everybody check it out and all of this stuff. But then it's like, you get to a point where you're like, even if it's really good, it's like, how much time do I dedicate to, you know, watching, you know, all this content? I mean, but right. what I'll say in this show is it is definitely hasn't been disappointing. It's, it's been pretty good. And, um, you know, I, I'm still don't, I, and I like that. I don't know how I feel about all the characters yet, you mm. know, that I haven't made up my mind about, about, um, certain people and whatnot you know what i mean and yes. and even our lead um you know who harold perino i uh i don't know exactly how to feel about him as well and i think it's a good thing you know i think it's a good thing that uh that that i'm still unsure about yeah. exactly how i feel about him and and how he fits into everything i i think having conflicted or conflicting feelings about who these characters are almost adds to the a charm is the wrong word but it almost adds to like the mysteriousness and the attraction that we have toward the people in the town they they are clearly they are not all showing us in the first couple of episodes who they really are or what they're really about everyone has it feels like everyone has some kind of something below the surface that it takes a little while for it to show itself. And yet at the same time, as we are seeing that, we're also being exposed to all of these other things that are happening in the town. And, you know, every time an episode goes by, this place gets, it gets scarier and scarier on a totally different level. So the first time, I mean, we're told right up front that there's monsters. I mean, that's pretty scary. Right. But but then each episode <laughs> reveals something scarier than the last time. And it's like, well, how do you get scarier than every night there's monsters? <laughs> and yet this show does that. It makes us more invested in a story that gets scarier and scarier. And also... If I could also say one more thing, this episode in particular, um, I think really heavily leaned in on, there's a mystery here to be unraveled. Um, it's not just that, okay, you're supernaturally in a town. It's, there is something, and this is basically via Jade and, uh, and Jim, uh, there is something happening here that is odd and also somehow they think they're going to figure out I, I don't know if that's true but that's what they think uh, and i kind of love that i just really love that so uh, let's um i wanted to start we're not going to start at the very beginning um because i want to bring something up first um i wanted to bring up victor and his relationship with uh ethan 
it feels uh, it feels like the two of them and I I really would like to know how you think about this. It feels like the two of them have some kind of sort of uh I don't know, a simpatico understanding. Like maybe Victor really never uh grew up like he was just a child for all of this time and that's why he gets along with Ethan so well but I don't know I'm I'm I kind of struggled with that so give me your take what do you think um I think one thing that Victor can understand unlike anybody else is what is it like to be in this to come up in this place Hmm. you know uh as a child you know and think about it like how uh stunted his growth is probably you mm. know what i mean that uh that that is what's going on you know well do you remember what i said uh at the very first was it the first episode or the second episode i think was the first um where i said i think that somehow children are a threat to mm-hmm. this town um and i don't know exactly how they are a threat but i had the same feeling like the the reason that Victor is able to connect with Ethan is because I, I feel like he ha- is like some kind of uh, not a conduit, but a a tether between the town itself and the people. So the history of the town and then the people that are there now. He's like, um, we know that most of the people in the town have not been there for as long as he has. And then, you know, we can go into the very beginning of this where we find out that Victor was basically the sole survivor of this massive death. Um, And, okay, I feel kind of like, and I, I don't know how to describe this in really good descriptive words, but I feel like the town raised Victor. Right. Um, Does does that make sense? What did you think? How did you, like when you saw all of that happening to Victor at the beginning, what did you think was, how did you feel about that? Oh man, it was, it was sad. You know, Uh, it was sad. Think about that, that you're this child who um, is, you know, who's stuck in a place and there's nobody to protect him, you know? Well, well, that's my, I think that that's my point. I I don't know, but I think that when we see the boy in white, who is basically the only person in the town, aside from Victor, the rest of the town has been completely massacred. There's no one left, right? Bodies in the streets. Um, The opening has a shot of the, uh, of the merry-go-round and there's a body in the background and it's from this episode. That is absolutely the still from this episode. Um, It feels like that the boy in white is somehow also uh, responsible for Victor being able to survive. I, I don't know how, but clearly the boy in white is not a threat. If he was a threat, then Victor wouldn't be alive. Right. So I feel like we can rule out the idea that he is at least the bad monsters that come at night, right? He might be a good monster in some other way. Uh, Or I shouldn't say a good monster. (laughs) He could be a monster of a different sort, but he is definitely not a threat to the people in the town. Um, But having said that, I, wow, wow, it's amazing that the town does not treat Victor more um, that they don't really respect him more because can you imagine how could you possibly, how could you possibly live in a place and, and not be to me, not be like Jade, not want to get to the bottom of what's going on. And, and, the first three episodes of this series basically give give us all of these ideas about, well, I mean, they're just busy trying to survive, but at the core of this has to be this, how in the world can we figure out what is going on so that we can move forward and just everyone seems just incredibly stuck, except 
Victor, who seems to just, okay, he's accepted it, but he also knows stuff. So I, I, I just, I love that character. And I really, as we go through this episode, really wanted to highlight that Victor seems to have an exceptional relationship with Ethan that is that is different from the relationship that he has with almost everyone else. Uh, and I, I found that very kind of cool, kind of cool. Um, do you have any other thoughts about the, the, that first part, the, the opening part? No, no, uh, I, no, you know, uh, go ahead, continue. Well, he comes out of, uh, I guess I would call it a storm cellar. It, did you think it was kind of like a storm cellar? Yeah, it's that place that uh, we keep seeing. It's the place where Jade sees yeah. some, what seems like uh, maybe it was an illusion or a vision or something. But Jade is absolutely sure that that's not what it was. Jade is absolutely sure that, that he saw something real. And it was one of the, maybe one of the monsters um, that was held prisoner by a giant boulder, right? In right. that one room. Right. Um, and then Jade looks back and it's gone. But it was scary enough that, you know, he was out of there. That's the same place that Victor comes out of. And so I don't know if it's sanctuary or if there's something else, but the other people in town don't seem to be, they don't seem to recognize it as any sacred place or anything right did i miss right. anything with that no 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 one does uh even kenny who after jade says this is what i saw kenny's like you know oh yeah okay <laughs> which also was just sort of crazy um but but that that aspect that there's obviously there's something about that place that seems pretty important and victor found some kind of sanctuary in there when he comes out and you know, everybody's gone. Um, it, 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 it's weird because we don't actually see at first. I didn't see, although I have to say, I do need to go back and look at this because I, I there is something there. I, I don't know if it's the, um, if it's the illustration of the talisman that I'm mm -hmm. seeing or if it's something else, but there's something that there's some kind of symbol there. And so that also seems like it might be important. But Victor isn't there day in and day out. No, not at all. So uh, obviously he's not thinking that like, oh, that's the only safe place in town, which is also kind of interesting. I don't know. Uh, lots of things are interesting about this. Hmm. Um, okay. Um, I, let's, let's talk about Jade for a second. Okay. <sighs> I have so many conflicting feelings about Jade at this point. First of all, I, I hate this personality type. In okay. real life, I hate this personality type. <laughs> Not that sorry, Jade. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're an awesome person. Yeah. Um, uh, but this personality type drives me nuts because they're the kind of people that are like so uptight and so, um, I don't know, uh, sort of like they're motive driven in a way that is sometimes not beneficial to solving a problem because they are so busy trying to do things that they aren't listening to what's really being said. And I thought that we were going to get there a little bit when Kenny was like, you know, okay, well, this is what's happening. And I thought Jade was going to actually accept it, but clearly he doesn't. Even when he's shown the map that says, you know, Hey, here's where everybody was from. And what did you think about how did you how do you think about jade altogether and how he's processing what's happening um well you gotta think about it from his point of view he is someone who's made built himself up and all of that you know good stuff and so he's uh a problem solver you know what i mean mm -hmm. and what i take from him is okay I've solved problems in my career. That's why, what do you say? He's supposed to be a billionaire, right? Right. Some kind of startup guru, I think. Yeah. So he's thinking about it like this. All right. I will just use the tools that made me successful, you know, in the real world. And I'll mm -hmm. just bring them over to here. And that's how I will be able to 
solve this riddle you know and he's looking at everybody else like okay why are we not trying to figure out how to get out of here like i'm not going to just accept you know i'm not going to just accept this is what it is mm-hmm. you know i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and try to figure out how i'm gonna get up out of here you know except uh, y- yes you're right that that is exactly i think uh probably his his inner his inner motivation seems like that is very well explained that way the thing that that it feels like nobody is paying attention to is that Victor is telling them basically, Hey guys, remember when there was this big, he's not saying it this way. I'm just paraphrasing and making it sound ridiculously simple, but remember when there were two cars (laughs) and it was a big deal. And then in the opening of this episode, we are treated to, Hey, this is what happened on that day when, or not on that day, on that in during that time when there were two cars. When there were two cars, something massive happened. Something huge happened. Um, and and I I feel like the show is telling us, yeah, guess what? Something big is happening. Uh, there's two cars. Now, what? might be uh what that might mean feels really nebulous at this point because i honestly i can't i can't think of a single thing that i've seen so far that that portent would mean in terms of what is to come but i will say that as this episode unfolded i started feeling like this was more of a story about not everyone's personal purgatory or this is hell or anything like that. I started feeling like there is intent and design behind this. Like, um, like, like it, it feels way too purposeful to be just some supernatural elements thrown in to scare people or whatever. There is something, uh, yeah, structural that makes sense here. And what, how do you feel about that? What, what are you thinking at this point? Or like, what would your theory be at this point about what might be happening? Uh, basically the, my, my theory is that there, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, it's funny though, we're talking about this, but I haven't given it the, um, I guess I haven't given it the thought process of, of, um, you know, of really making that kind of leap to what I really think is going on. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously they're stuck in a place. They need to find, I mean, well, it's not even, the show isn't even about really trying to find your way home. It's ba- basically trying to survive. Um, right, yeah. and the and the, the name of the show is From. It's right. not Lost. It's not, uh, you know, going places, moving on. It's called From, and that feels important. So, go All ahead. Right. Sorry. No, I'm just saying, though, like, um, so I'll be honest with you. I, I, um, I've tried to think about it. I tried to give it a, uh, a thought of what I think is actually going on. And I ain't got a clue. I, I feel like as mystery goes, uh, as a mystery goes, this is a really good example of how you can tell a story that isn't uh Scooby-Doo and the detective agency. And, and yet, it feels so mysterious, so darkly uh, purposeful in both intent and design. And also just so like, we know that the characters play a part in all of this, but we have no idea how. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I, that that's just who I am. I'm always thinking about uh, those kinds of things behind series and stories but that's why i also that's why i ask because i think sometimes 
obviously not everybody thinks that way and it's not it's neither good nor bad it's just that's where my head is always going um okay so let's we're gonna we'll go through some events in a second but let's talk about boyd um okay it in this episode it really feels like we not just get to know more about who boyd is but we also discover some things about boyd which make his story so much sadder um it it feels to me i don't know about you but it feels to me like Boyd is is a man who is uh he clearly has a sense of honor duty duty I think is better he he clearly cares about people but how he's able to keep going day after day after day it feels like he's getting worn thin um that was just that was just how I felt like when he was rebuilding the box it it really hit me that this person is experiencing something like um like he's been here a really long time and or he or it feels like he's been here a really long time and the place is starting to wear him down uh, what how did you feel about boyd this episode yeah i mean you know his health isn't very good we all know that uh we know that um um you know, we know that his health isn't very good. We know that that he's just gotten to a point where, you know, almost like um, uh, um, oh my God, uh, Danny Glover in uh, *Lethal Weapon*. Like, you know, mm. <laughs> you I'm know, too I mean? old for this. I'm too old. Yeah, I'm too old this. for this shit, right? You know, it, and uh, it's just, uh, you know, and and you know that. We, I, I'm, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say, he's a good-hearted person, from mm. what we've seen so far. Because a lot of times when we, when we just make those assumptions, and then with the show, you know, and then later on we're like, oh no, this person's a, a piece of crap, right? But no, I, I can, <laughs> I can say based on what we've seen, he seems like a good human being, you know. Right. I, I think you're right. I think, I think everything that we are both being shown and everything that it, that he does in action feels like he is a good person. He's mm -hmm. really trying very hard to keep things together. And also, it, it also feels like at this point, you know, he leans on Kenny um, in, in kind of a totally different way than I would have expected. Um, you know, instead of being real feeling toward Kenny, it does feel like he's more like he's giving Kenny kind of uh, instructions about how to keep going. And I, that, the, to me, that does feel kind of weird at this point in the in the series. It feels a little bit weird because we know that Boyd is estranged from his son. It feels like he should be latching on to that. And yet, no, he doesn't. Um is it in this episode that we find out also, <laughs> hopefully this isn't a spoiler, but it, I think it's in this episode that we find out that Boyd is the one that came up with the idea for the talismans, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah, but, it uh, is interesting. And how did he, how did he even know to do that? Yeah. And that's not something we don't get told that we don't get any information about how or where the talisman idea came from just that, Boyd is the one that came up with it. And so you can see how people are instantly attracted to that kind of leadership. He is their savior in some ways. You know, he created a system whereby they didn't have to, at the very least, worry about what was going to happen to them at night. Um, and okay, so I'm going to throw so what this out the way, there. My question is, yeah. What the hell did they do before the, the talisman? Well, well, he said, right? He said it was just they, they would run into the forest and try to survive the night. That's crazy. Hiding wherever they could, not making any noise. I, I, yeah, I can't even. I can't even. I don't imagine. even know how they were able to do that. No, I don't either. But, well, okay, wait. So, back up. So, but you know, wait, wait, just as a side note, that really speaks to something, though, that you can be outside and survive. Mm -hmm. Like, because the way it, it seemed like is if you're outside, you basically have almost no chance 
I mean, well, although we did see them running from the uh, the um, the creatures, mm-hmm. but uh, but um, it does show you though that you can actually survive and be outside. My, uh, you know, my feeling is that we don't. We think that we understand some of the rules of this town or this place, and that gives us a little bit of knowledge and then we start making assumptions and predisposition uh ideas based on that and yet at the same time i also feel like yeah that's probably really short-sighted of us we don't know all the rules so it could be that if you're outside and something else is a variable that you can't that they can't get through and i don't know what that is um i i i'm i'm sort of not sure um because do we know well actually we do know so uh frank was outside in the box right and and he was closed into the box so like there was a door and there was uh and there was a uh, no real way to get in right you can't get in to the box and he didn't have a talisman and the monsters were able to get in, right? And then we had uh, when Kenny's dad died, Sarah left the door open and the talisman was on the wall and the monsters were able to circumvent the talisman because the door had been left open. Right. So there's a whole bunch of special rules for these monsters and I don't know if we've actually figured out exactly what all these things mean. I mean, at this point, we're just speculating. <laughs> even even as far into the series as I am, I'm still speculating. I don't know, um, but it is kind of a, it it that I think that deepens the mystery both of the place and of just sort of the general rules. If they were able to just run into the forest and try to survive the night. Does that mean that, that the town used to have a lot more people coming into it? I don't know. Because it to me it feels way too weird that on the very day uh, basically, well, within 24 hours of the death of uh, the first death that we have of mom and her, uh, Frank's mom and I mean, I'm sorry, Frank's wife and, and kid um on that very day, that's when we get new people into the town. And not only do we get new people into the, into town, we get two cars on the road. So the ranks have now swelled by way more than the number of people that were actually lost. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which also, I don't know. I don't know if I can assign anything to that, but it does feel kind of weird. The two cars on the road keeps coming up again and again and again. Clearly there is some meaning to that. I don't know what it is. Um, Okay. So let's talk about an event. Uh, First of all, it's really clear that Jim does not like Victor and thinks somehow that Victor is out to corrupt Ethan, hurt Ethan. I don't know. Um, And, you know, as a mom, I sort of understand where he's coming from you're in a new place. You don't know who these people are. Somebody is just taking a a weird like to your kid. It does feel kind of weird. Um, But I also feel like we are being shown that Jim has a short temper and clearly doesn't respond to stress very well. You know, I don't know. What did you think about that? No, I mean, look, if I, I'm already on guard, right? I mean, I don't, honestly, I don't know if, I would ever feel a hundred percent comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Mm. I I don't know if I would ever feel comfortable ever. You know, I'm always going to be looking to protect my, my family and whatnot. So the idea of there's a moment, I mean, but then again, there's something about pancakes and I'm not even trying to be funny, but there's something about pancakes that, that, you know, make you relax. Right. Uh-huh. And then he had that moment where he, because remember, he left to cry. Yeah. You know, and uh, so, um, but anyway. Um, 
I'm I'm not saying that Jim is a bad person. I'm saying that he that he's got anger issues. That he that he responds to things quickly, shortly, and doesn't quite. It doesn't always quite match the situational tone. Like he's, and I get it. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with it. I'm saying that in this situation, it does feel slightly over exaggerated. Like we really are supposed to understand that Jim is uh, not exactly the best. He's not controlling himself the best way that he can. Um, I mean, there's a way to deal with the Victor situation without being a jerk about it. And he was just sort of a jerk about it. I mean, he's in a new town. It's their rules. And he's still trying to, I feel like, uh, assert himself as kind of alpha in a situation where he just doesn't have that capability. Um, and again, it's not. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I feel like that's how a lot of people would respond. It's just we spend a lot of story time on Jim's response to Victor, and it feels like that's purposeful feels right. very purposeful so? um so okay so so victor and uh ethan they go out on an adventure and i'm gonna i'm gonna skip a little bit of some of the stuff that happens between jim and tabitha because the, it, i'm gonna come back to that but ethan and victor go off on this adventure and victor they, they're in the woods and victor shows ethan that if he throws a rock into this, I, I, it looks like a smiley face to me, right. um, that you throw it into the tree and it comes out someplace else. Now, yeah, and he said, even people, he said, people can, yeah, uh, travel that way as well. Yeah, now, now. In this case, Victor said, oh, you know, it came someplace close, but apparently that doesn't have to be the situation. No. Because, right? I got that right, right? He did say that. Yeah, he did say that. He said so, it could be really far away. So, okay. So, hot take. Uh, maybe what happens when you get to the tree has something to do with that kind of time-space logic that's happening in the trees. You go in one place and you come out another. But once you come out to the other place, there is no, you, you can't escape. Then you're stuck within whatever that little bubble is, which also feels kind of interesting. Like there's actual physical uh, or I shouldn't even say physical. There's some kind of physics property to time and space within some supernatural. Uh, it's it's crazy to me. It's crazy to me because even even the crazy rules have actual rules, which was kind of cool. So, what did you think about that? Uh, about what Victor showed Ethan? Uh, it was really cool, but it, it's it's so funny though. It's so nonchalant. Like, I wonder if is is this like a little secret that he has? Uh, is it something? that uh do the others know about this tree uh you know and then i mean i know that uh victor is stunted as a as a um you know as a an adult right but but come on going and taking somebody's kid like that you see, know yeah see crazy. i I I actually don't think that after after way. the after the uh, the father basically threatens your life. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? But I'm gonna I'm just gonna say it. I don't think Victor thinks about. I, I think Victor has been so traumatized. Might not even be the right word. I think Victor lives in his own reality, and uh, I, and I feel. Yeah, and I feel like he thinks of the people from the town as, okay, I have to follow your rules because, yeah, you're here, and I get that. But I don't feel like Victor actually believes that any of the things that he's... His his idea about showing Ethan things, who clearly has seen the boy in white, is too important to him to even let Jim get in the way. Like, it, it just it feels to me like like even well not even it feels to me like victor recognizes that there is something bigger than 
just somebody, you know, okay, maybe I'll get hurt out of this or whatever. How do you threaten someone who's already lived through a massacre? How do you threaten someone who has seen the worst of the worst of the worst? I, I Maybe it just falls on sort of deaf ears like, yeah, okay, you're going to rant and rave and okay, fine. But I'm still going to show Ethan what I need to show him because I feel like this is more important. I don't know. They, that's what it felt like to me. It felt like whatever his idea was about showing Ethan what he needed to show him, it, that was way more important. And then, okay, now tell me what you thought about the dogs <laughs> because that yeah. threw me totally off. I was, wow, what was going on there? Yeah, I was like, I, you know, I mean, I guess there's pigs and I think cows there, but mm -hmm. uh, the dogs kind of threw me off. Like, like it just seemed like it was, uh, came out of nowhere. There are no other animals that I can see no cats, no dogs, no no pets of any kind. And somehow these dogs just come out of nowhere. The only other Creepy. animals that we see are the crows. Right. So, yeah, that does seem kind of odd. That definitely seems odd. All right, uh let's uh let's <laughs> let's let's first of all, let's talk briefly about uh Ethan and uh, I'm sorry, not Ethan. Let's talk briefly about Tabitha and Jim. Um obviously they've been through some stuff whatever that was it seems like maybe this vacation was kind of a last hurrah uh like you know hey let's try to get the band back together maybe we can make our relationship good again and it kind of explains some of the uh underlying stuff because when they're out there on the porch arguing allowing ethan his backdoor escape um it feels like obviously there's something pretty big happening there uh, between the two of them. So that was interesting just as sort of character backstory. Um, and when we see Tabitha go up to Colony House to give Sarah the, I'm sorry, Julie, the <laughs> so many characters to give Julie uh, a jacket. Um, you know, I was really struck by how cold Julie was to Tabitha in a way that I felt like wasn't just teen angst. It felt like there's something really personal happening here. What did you think about that? Yeah, I, um, I get it that they were upset because, you know, their mother, you know, her mother was, uh, and father was getting a divorce. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering. Well, that's that next episode. We learned that next episode. Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> but, it, but, uh, but this is the lead up to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but um, okay. Well, see, this is one thing about when you've seen them ahead. Uh, <laughs> why I try not to do that, but uh huh. You know. But anyway, it it is what it is. Um, going back to what you're saying about uh the way that she is cold to her mother, it's you know part of it's teen angst. I believe. I think part of it is look at the situation they're in and then another thing is she's a young woman who is trying to uh you know she's coming into her own as a young woman you know she's at a point where i'm sure she doesn't want to um follow her her uh family uh parents rules and whatnot and uh, so I think a lot of it is is that plus, you know, I mean, I already let the cat out the bag, you know, but the issues, you know, in the home life, too. And I think a lot of times what happens is kids are smarter than we give them credit for. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times we put on a brave face in front of our kids like everything is fine and everything is good. Everything is a hunky dory when really things are not. We think we're shielding it from our kids. And our kids are like, this is just so fake, you know, yeah, like yeah. this is not real. And I think a lot of that is going on. It's like we're acting like we're everything is fine when it's really, truly not. Well, uh, you know, I, I, I feel like I feel like something big happened prior to us meeting uh, Jim and Tabitha and the kids in the RV. Something big clearly happened and it got them on the road. And, you know, like I said, the last hurrah and whatever. But whatever it was that happened, it was so deeply personal. 
that it created some kind of big rift between Tabitha and Julie. So I, I, I don't, I mean, I can guess a little bit about what is sort of happening based on some other things, but I feel like at this point, that also is important in the sense that this is why Julie chose Colony House, but any reconciliation now feels out of sync with the rest of the story based on what we know is happening between Boyd and Ellis, Boyd's son up at Colony House, mm-hmm. um, because because of how things are, are sort of uh, both the story is unraveling and the story of the characters is beginning to get tighter. So as we understand what's happening to the family that's here and Jade, we are by proxy discovering all of the things that make up uh, the character drama that already exists. And it feels like it runs in kind of parallel uh, to some of the things that are kind of going on. So when uh, when Fatima and Ellis offer Julie their, you know, a little nook in their room and make it all special and, you know, really welcome her, it, it, it to me, it feels like what Julie, or, yeah, what Julie is getting out of that is belonging. Like, all of a sudden now she has found family where it up to this point, it feels like we were being told that, well, even if she had a family, she didn't really feel like she was part of the family. And that's why being with Fatima and Ellis feels so good because that is fulfilling in her that need to have family. Now, I, I, we would be remiss if we were to leave this episode and not talk about Sarah and what happens in the diner at the end. There it is up on the screen. Kill the boy ends up being written on her arm, just sort of seemingly out of nowhere and in front of our very eyes. She looks at that and then she looks at Ethan. Now, prior to this, she had spent a bunch of time with Ethan um, in the in the diner um, and they were looking for something. Um, and, you know, Sarah was being super nice with him and, and then she gets this message. And then right after that, she drops into a convulsion. Now, uh, we know that this is significant because in our very first episode, we know that it's Sarah that kills uh, Jade's partner in the car, or, or not in the car, but the partner that was in the car. For a similar kind of reason, she heard the voice that said that she had to kill him. That's what she tells her brother. Um and she thinks somehow that that these things are connected to something that's happening uh some like like there's a solution here i mean obviously she's not just paying attention to these things for no reason she actually believes that there's something behind it and with the next episode we get a whole bunch more information about that but i have to say i was actually shocked at that because it was just such a visceral reminder that there is something hugely supernatural working and it's it's malevolent it's not there is nothing benevolent happening here with most of the characters so how did you feel about that what did you see and what did you what was your idea i i was like oh shit (laughs) <laughs> like that that was a, a big time oh shit moment. And one thing that I also was struck by uh, by it was that um it shows you that you're not safe in the daytime because there's this thing like, okay, well it's daylight, so we're good. Mm-hmm. It shows you that, you know, even at night, I mean even in the daytime, you know, you could be potentially uh at risk. So I thought it was really good. Yeah, p- potentially at risk. And also I feel like it it is a further reminder, like we see the crows during the day too. It's a further reminder that um, whatever is happening here, even if it's just the monsters that are coming out at night, there is something. And that's why if we go back to the very beginning of what I was saying about structure and design, 
clearly there is something very structured happening here. Um, but what it is feels open-ended and I, I, and it also drove me to think that Ethan is somehow a connection. There is, there is some kind of, uh, and uh, you know, I guess I just go back to, I think that kids are threats. Um, they are. It feels, it feels like Ethan is somehow in the middle of maybe it's his presence that is causing such a huge problem. Um, <laughs> and I don't know what that is, but it sure is an interesting thing to speculate on because, wow, you know, nobody likes to see kids in peril. And yet this whole drama is unfolding around putting him and Julie in peril, which is kind of, yeah, it's kind of interesting. So it, well, I really I, like I'll say this. I'll say this. The show started out with a, uh, a kid being killed. That's right. Yes. yes. And now you have obviously all this. Uh, it, maybe it's a holy war with of two sides, you know, between the two kids. Maybe she was him before. Hmm. You know, because are there any other little kids there? We, not that I've seen. I don't see them. I don't right. see them. Right. So, so they, you know, they did what they had to do to get her. So now, you know, so I don't know. I think on, uh, let's talk more about it on the next episode. And then, uh, I, one, one quick thing, um, mm -hmm. just going to the children's theme. Remember that our opening, even though we know that these, pictures were done by Victor. They're all in crayon. They are all children's pictures. And that yeah. also lends, it kind of lends to the understanding that kids are the key to this. So very interesting. Very interesting. The children are the future. Yes. <laughs> well, and in this case, maybe the coming apocalypse. I don't know. Uh -huh. All right. All right. So having said that, Kente, how can we get you on social media? Uh, you can get me at Kente F on Twitter. Kente Ferguson on Instagram. And of course, the website is theindyradio.com. That's theindyradio.com. How can we get you? Karen? You can find me at moviesandmeals.com. And uh, I just wanted to mention real quick that in terms of social media, uh, indie radio, well, not social media, but also indie radio has so much content, lots of other podcasts, lots of, th you'll never run out of things to listen to. So head on over there and take a listen. We will see you next time on Talking From. All right.